0: For the week of Wednesday, December 19th, 2018, this is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Hello. This week, we talk with indivisible leaders all over the state about some of what they've learned over the last two years and about what they have planned for 2019. Now that the Democrats have taken the House, and per the new guide from National Indivisible, we are getting ready to go on offense. We also talk about what groups have planned for the National Day of Action on January 3rd. In the second half of the show, we have kind of a special holiday treat for you that I will not spoil you'll just have to stick around for it and I hope you do that's all ahead So, Since this will be the last show of the year, I thought it'd be both informative and inspiring to hear from a number of indivisible leaders from across the state reflect on what they've learned over the course of two incredibly eventful years, to put it mildly, and to talk about some of their goals and areas of focus for 2019 and beyond now that the Democrats have flipped the House and now that there are larger margins for the Dems in both legislative chambers in Olympia. So we will start, as we are wont to do on this program, with the leader of Indivisible Washington's 8th District, Chris Petzold. I asked Chris to begin by reflecting on some of her lessons and general observations looking back over the last two years.
1: I am blown away by the amazing gifts and talent and dedication of a group of dogged volunteers. Uh, It's been amazing. The community that we have is amazing, and I am so grateful for that lesson that that we learned. I learned that when you work super hard, things actually happen. Uh, we all worked so hard and, uh, we had a great success in November. I also learned that, uh, electeds are people too. Uh, I've been interested in politics my whole life and I had kind of put them on a, put, you know, people in Congress on a, on a pedestal and just sort of thought of them as this other being, Um, but going through this process, I've really learned that they are people, too, and they have shortcomings and uh, gifts, and they're, they're human beings with thoughts and feelings and flaws and great parts. Uh, and that's, that's been an interesting to think about as I've gotten to know a lot of the candidates personally where I never had the opportunity to do that before.
0: I also spoke with Kelly Anderson and Laelie Sola, who head up Indivisible Wenatchee. I asked Kelly about what some of her takeaways were over the last two years, particularly working as a progressive in a predominantly red area like Wenatchee.
2: Learning that in this area anyway, incremental progress over time is the the focus. Really about long-term goals for long-term change and understanding that, you know, conversations you have, maybe with, you know, young people, you're trying to register to vote, that you're really planting seeds, and that uh, sometimes those those seeds aren't going to grow for a while, but that that's where it begins, exactly, you know, where you're at. And, you know, if you're talking on someone's door, and, you know, you you don't quite feel like they're you know they're gonna follow through with whatever it is. You know that maybe the next conversation or the next person that they run into that's you know trying to get them to vote or whatever it is that it's it's gonna happen eventually.
0: And related to that, co-leader Leo Isola has a few things to add about what introverts like me refer to as the C word.
3: The whole process of canvassing was a really foreign idea for me. And I think a lot of people in the beginning and Kelly and I started out together with one other person, fantastic person doing the summer of canvas. And uh, we were begging people to come with us. And (laughs) at that time we could just get the three of us and, but we uh, learned how to do it and how to um, get comfortable having those conversations. And then over time, as we were doing more and more canvassing, um, we brought more people into it, and uh, it now it's a, more of a common expected thing. And every time you have those conversations, you're, like Kelly said, planting the seed.
0: And planting seeds is something Ellensburg Indivisible leader Cheryl Burchard knows a lot about. She's watched her community transform over the last two years and is aware of the role her group played in that change, starting with the retirement of 8th District Republican Congressman Dave Reichert.
4: Seven days after we met with him and asked him tough questions that he simply could not answer, he resigned. (laughs) So we take credit for that. The other part that changed our community was Indivisible's number one goal was to get rid of our state house representative, Matt Manweller, who was fired from not only Central Washington University, but also lost his position in the house by the GOP for being a sexual predator. So we had a great deal to do without, which the community recognized as we did our rallies and our visuals. The other part was that Ellensburg, the city of Ellensburg, which is half the population of Kittitas County, went blue. I can't be more proud of that. That changed the whole complexion of the direction of Kittitas County. We were moderately purple, and we went out there as indivisible and and made that happen. Walked the street, held rallies, held marches. Oh, that was amazing. I can't tell you how proud we are of that.
0: Cynthia Hamilton is similarly proud of the work her group, Indivisible Spokane, has done. One of her key takeaways from the last two years is about community.
5: Our people weren't as connected and neighborly as they thought they were. And now they are. They know each other. They know where they stand. They know You know, how to get some things done. A lot of people haven't really ever connected outside of a workplace environment. Um, You know, like some of us old hippies used to do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when we were doing the whole commune thing, we kind of know that instinctively uh, because we did it when we were kids, you know. And so uh, now we have, like in our very red area over here in Spokane, you know, the whole 50-D, we didn't get to flip. We're envious of the eights. They're like a big sister to us, (laughs) and we're looking at them going, next time, it's us. (laughs) Next time, it's us.
0: And finally, we talked with Tina Eck, one of the leaders of Seattle Indivisible, who says that one of the things her group has learned is how to channel its power and the attention it naturally commands.
6: As one of the larger and most active Indivisible groups in the region, uh, I think we've learned that Seattle Indivisible has the ability to garner public attention and then hand the mic over to those that have been the most severely impacted by the Trump agenda. It's something we hadn't realized in the beginning. In other words, there's a lot of organizing groups in the minority populations, in the transgender populations, in a lot of these communities of folks who are really most severely impacted, who've been organizing for years and years and years, but they don't get as much public attention as they should. So we realized that We're getting a lot of attention, probably more than we deserve. So we decided to, while we're working on diversity, to use that white privilege.
0: Putting all these takeaways together, from canvassing and planting seeds in red areas to channeling Indivisible's power in Seattle, you get a very compelling picture of the impact Indivisible has had throughout the state. So next, I wanted to hear about what these groups have planned for 2019 and beyond, both nationally and statewide. Chris Petzold says that before the midterms, her group positioned itself to prepare for any eventuality in 2019, whether the House flipped or it didn't, or whether her district, the 8th, flipped or it didn't.
1: We did have a plan even going into Election Day. And it did have a lot of contingencies built around it. Um, and boy, am I thankful that we don't have to spend the next two years pressuring Gino Rossi to not be a Trump rubber stamp, that uh, that was part of our contingency plan. And what if we had uh, retained a razor-thin margin in Olympia? How would that change things? So, so yeah, we did have some contingencies based on the election, um, and I couldn't we can all be so grateful and gratified for how it actually turned out but yeah we 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 we're going to be doing a shift now towards working with someone and Dr. Kim Schreier who is a partner with us and so that that is a little bit of a different shift in strategy for us for sure
0: and then at the state level chris says there's real opportunity to work with legislators to make gains and in her words trump proof washington we
1: had this sort of concept that we worked on with fuse fuse Washington maybe about a year ago where we where we expected and hoped for this expanded majority in Olympia and we would use it to hashtag trump washington and i'm so excited that we're going to be able to do that with our great governor, our great attorney general, and now great uh, representatives in Olympia to where we can enact legislation to protect our state uh, from Trump's policies and it's anything from education to healthcare to the environment. And uh, that's what we'll be working with these legislators that we worked so hard to get down to Olympia.
0: She's also going to be focusing on pushing for Democrats at the local level.
1: I feel like this phrase is being used so much, build a strong bench, but it's true. Uh, The Democrats kind of looked away in in recent decades, and we left our bench pretty empty. And so we're all working now, focusing on supporting down-ballot candidates. Uh, That that may in the future be able to run for higher positions. We're going to be focusing on those city council races and school boards and you name it. We're going to be supporting people from our own community that we know to run in those races. So we're really excited about that.
0: Cheryl Bouchard in Ellensburg has a similar style plan for her group. She says she is particularly excited about 2019 and going on offense at the federal, state, and local level.
4: We now have divided into three branches of Ellensburg Indivisible, which we did not have before. One branch, uh, a smaller branch, will be looking at uh, Ellensburg and what our city council and our commissioners are doing. And then the next branch will be the state level. We're going to be watching our three GOP representatives from the LD-13. We will be making a trip over there once a quarter, and then we will – they all have uh, offices in Moses Lake. We'll be traveling over there every uh, recess. The other part of this, then, the third big branch is to be watching all the legislative congressional activities in Washington D.C., including um, now our wonderful rep for CD8, uh, Kim Schreier. So excited about that. We're going to be asking for bills. We're going to be messaging them. We're going to be talking to the representatives. And uh, we're going to participate in Lobby Day here to go to Olympia. We actually have a big bus already rented to go on February 15th to Olympia. Yeah. And talk of these people. Uh, we're just going to have real attention to their objectives and work for the 2020 victory for all the dance for the House, the Senate and the president. That's going to be our whole goal.
0: Tina X says Seattle Indivisible has a very specific set of policy issues they're going to be advocating for in 2019. We are
6: going to be working on immigrant rights. We have done a lot of work with the immigrant communities, and we're going to continue doing that, not just defending, but also advocating for affirmative reforms. One of the key pieces of legislation in the Washington state legislature that we are going to be working on is the Keep Washington Working Act, which is Senate Bill 5689 which is something that we've been supporting um, a good part of last year, and we are going to work on it harder in this coming year. We're also working on healthcare, care, um, racial and gender equity, civil rights, climate justice. We were very disappointed that I-1631 that we worked on didn't pass, and we're waiting to see what comes next in the state legislature. And also voting rights are in our progress category. And we're also going to be working on... Um, A specific decriminalization of the driving while license is suspended in the third degree, which is something that we think adversely affects people of color and people who are poor. And then the, the final thing that we're working on is building power for 2020, and that is both working on our own infrastructure. As, as an organization, but also we really want to work on voter infrastructure so that all voters are heard in 2020. And that involves coalition building and it involves working on voter rights and working against voter suppression efforts, which we find are going on all over the nation. Those are big focuses. We really think 2019 is a year to prepare for 2020.
0: Similarly, in Wenatchee, Lael and Kelly say they're going to get their chance to go on offense, too.
3: Instead of resisting and um, waiting through what I call the onslaught um, constantly and just kind of running in defense mode all of the time, we'll um, be able to have the, the space to start pushing for legislation that we care about. Um, and that includes, you know, the congressional districts, but also locally.
2: And we live in the 12th legislative district, so our entire representation at that legislative uh, level are Republicans. So in that sense, we will still we will still really be focused on monitoring uh, how they're voting, holding them accountable. And truly, we're already focused on uh, replacing our new representative, Keith Gaynor. He's in position one for the House. Uh, we're already focusing on working to replace him in 2020, and all the things that go with that for us are actually just things that we're going to continue to do. So as far as uh, continuing to register voters, getting out uh, the Latinx vote, uh, getting Latinx candidates, I think is also huge for some of our local offices because that's going to um, help us have representation in our community and more a more involved electorate.
0: Additionally, Lale adds that, like other groups around the state, they're going to be focusing on recruiting local candidates. We're
3: just uh, needing to be really conscious about the fact that we're trying to build a deeper bench of candidates. That is an area that we really need to, to think about because um, that's been a challenge for us. And so that um, a lot of people here who don't aren't feeling very confident about that yet. Um, We hope to increase their their confidence there and give them a lot of support. And hopefully we'll have lots more candidates.
0: So lots to do all across the state. And in terms of kicking things off, the new year will start off with a bang with groups responding to a specific call from National Indivisible. Chris Petzold explains.
1: Indivisible groups across the nation are going to be in district offices on the first day of the new Congress, January 3rd, to show strong support for HR one which is basically a democracy protection package, uh, which I am very excited about. And so I don't think our Congresswoman-elect Kim Schreier is going to have a district office yet. We're still kind of nailing down those details. But if she doesn't, we're going to be out at our local city hall in Issaquah having a rally and some speakers and talking about it. it's our house now.
0: In Seattle, Tina Eck is working on pulling together lots of people for the Day of Action.
6: We're joining with some other Indivisible groups, including Indivisible Eastside, Wallingford Indivisible, Indivisible Renton, and Indivisible Kirkland, to put together a single event that includes Congressional Districts 1, 7, and 9. And we're going to have a rally at first on January 3rd from 1045 to 1115 at the Federal Building in Seattle. And our speakers, we're going to be focusing on speakers, uh, staff from our members of Congress from those districts. And then that will be followed from 1130 to 1 with a listening session um, in, a, in a closed meeting. In other words, press not there, but public or welcome with our MOC staff so we can have basically a question and answer session.
0: In Spokane, Cynthia Hamilton has decided that because they have a number of things already happening in January, they're going to be revisiting an event called Project Snowflake, a series of back-to-back meetings with the office of 5th District Congresswoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers. The idea is to get started early.
5: The avalanche doesn't happen with this first snowflake but it happens because there are thousands of them. So we're just going to start scheduling people to go back in and talk to their legislators' offices and their constituency services people, and just like we did in the beginning. So it's kind of like an ongoing effort to get them to pay attention.
0: Layla and Kelly are also doing something a little different for the Day of Action.
2: What we're going to plan to do is, um, we also don't have a, you know, we don't have a congressional office here yet. Uh, I have heard that Kim is going to set one up. So we're going to go ahead and do a 100-day kickoff postcard party at a at a local restaurant, and we're going to go ahead and uh, do some, you know, whose house, our house, postcards, and have everyone um, send an accountability note to Dr. Schreier letting her know that, you know, we want to have her support HR one, and do a little bit of education piece around that. And basically also have it be a bit of a celebration.
0: So whatever groups may have planned, this is going to be a great way to send a message to our members of Congress that we are here, we are charged up, and we are going to be paying attention. And further to that, we have an opportunity to reshape the political discourse and even the political landscape here in America. Chris Petzold shares your her thoughts here.
1: One thing that I've been studying is this concept called the Overton Window, and it's where you can use it to think about our political landscape here in the US and how our country has just been shifted so far to the right that our our window of viewing the landscape is just from that perspective so far to the right so the so the role of us citizen constituent activists and indivisible is to yank that window over to the left and propose and fight for these progressive very progressive policies and frankly you know i think that i would be somewhat happy if we could land somewhere in the middle but we have to fight like we're pulling severely to the left just to kind of get back to a functioning Uh, democracy now and having like the basic rights of of healthcare and education and caring for the environment and our families. Those aren't radical left-wing ideas, but through the Overton window that is our political landscape, they have become that. And so our role is to kind of yank (laughs) to the left. And that's what we're going to be doing.
0: The Day of Action will be happening in congressional districts all across the state and all across the country on January 3rd. So check with your Indivisible group to see what's planned. And as Chris says, let's get ready to yank the country to the left in 2019. So next we have a little holiday treat that was actually the brainchild of my production assistant, Cecilia Knob. Some holiday wishes from some of our favorite and most frequent guests. This is Derek McNeil, Director of The Road to Nicholsville. My wish for this holiday season is that we can all aspire to be great, rather than say we are great because of what our predecessors accomplished. My wish is that we could recognize that capitalism is not an unquestionable sacred religion, but rather a system that can change if we all wish it to, for the benefit of us all. My wish is that we think less about what we want for ourselves and more about what we want for others. I wish that Google was a helping tool rather than a shopping tool. But mostly I wish for the strength to embody these values myself because I am not perfect either. I wish I could be better. It starts with me
5: and I'm the executive director of Emerge Washington, and my wish list for 2019 um, is more of the same, more of women being empowered, more of women um, looking at themselves in the mirror and at each other and encouraging each other to run for office, more women in Congress, more women in state legislatures across the country. I think the way that we develop the change that we want to see and be the change that we want to see is having more women in office. So, I encourage every woman listening to this podcast today
0: to think about running for office if she used to be the same. This is Joshua Trupin, State Committee member from the Fifth District. There are so many things I would love to see in 2019. I wish for our state legislature to finally pass a statewide single payer health plan. I wish for Congress to pass a Green New Deal. I wish for Representative Schreier to sign on to HR 676, Medicare for all. But most of all, I wish for a new president in 2019, President Pelosi. I think Christine Pelosi would be a great president.
2: Happy holidays. This is Aaron Albanese, co-founder of Lawyer Bombs of America and Washington Immigrant Defense Network. This holiday season, I wish for universal legal representation in immigration proceedings, airline miles for our travel program, especially for the children potentially being released from detention before Christmas, and Lawyer Moms of America would also love to fulfill our wish lists for migrant families for the Lawyer Moms Light the Way program.
7: More info is available at lawyermomsofamerica.com. Hi, I'm Rhiannon ross and I am the founder of CivicLink. I think my biggest goal is to really start reaching out to students and community members to get more feedback on how they think that youth can be more connected to civic engagement opportunities and politics because I think that a lot of the times political action is usually delegated to adults and students don't think that it's something that they can engage with um, when really they have a lot of power to make the voice heard and to change things. Uh, so I think I'd be most excited to spend some more time talking to students and hearing about how they want to get involved and how they want to get engaged um, so that we can start really increasing civic engagement for the youth because they're going to be future voters and they're going to be the ones running this country.
8: This is Summer Stinson with Washington's Paramount Duty. And my biggest wish that I'll be working as hard as possible to try to help make come true for this next year is for fully funding our public schools in the state of Washington with new progressive revenue, specifically uh, full funding for special education, lower class sizes, mental health counselors in schools, nurses, librarians, support workers, and all of the things that truly make a amazing public school system. And specifically looking at the tax sources, I strongly support a capital gains here in the state of Washington, capital gains tax in the state of Washington on the top one to 2%, as well as closing tax loopholes on uh, businesses that make major profits.
9: Hi, it's Elizabeth Beavers, Associate Policy Director at Indivisible's National Office in DC. And on my holiday wish list this year, I wish for the new democratically led house to be aggressive in investigating the shenanigans of the Trump administration and bringing justice for all his corruption and crimes. I wish for an end to the US-led Uh, the U.S. support for the Saudi-led Yemen war. I wish for just overall a more peaceful and secure future for the U.S., for our country. And lastly, I wish for the continued strength and uh, endurance of our resistance movement that we do the self-care we need to pick ourselves back up and keep working in the next year. And I'm looking forward to it.
10: Hi, I'm Rich Smith. I write about politics for the stranger. My wish list includes, I want the 15,000 kids that uh, the U.S. is holding in custody to be released. I know that they're set to release nearly 2,000 due to a change of policy today, but I want them all out of the tents. I'm sure everyone is saying this, but I would also like either Maxine Waters or Rep. Bill Pascrell to hand me Trump's tax returns in a little box with a bow in it. Um, I'm hoping that that can happen this year. Uh, I want, I know this isn't gonna happen either, but I want uh, Congresswoman-elect Kim Schreier to join the Medicare for All caucus. I also want election day to be uh, declared a a national holiday. And um, I would like a a cast iron tortilla press. I make a lot of wraps and so, I just I spend too much money on, on organic tortillas, and uh, I want to start doing it as the house.
0: Hi, this is Stephen Wilhelm, the uh, research team leader, and uh, my wish for Christmas for the research team anyway would be, uh, I, I hope we're as uh, successful getting geared up for uh, Washington state take action items as we've been uh, so far with the federal items. Um, for, uh, the rest of the world, uh, my prayer would be that, uh, God's blessings would just uh, rain down on the places that could really use it like uh, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, uh, Guatemala, uh, Venezuela, and, um, I would hope that those of us who have been greatly blessed will be able to share our blessings with those who aren't as uh, aren't as fortunate as we've been as we've been blessed or as Tiny Tim would say it a lot more succinctly. God bless us everyone. So before I go, as I said, this is going to be the last show of the year, uh, and I'm going to be taking a little time to recharge for what is going to be a a very busy 2019. I feel like these next two years are so consequential for us here in the state, uh, nationally, even globally. We have a lot of work to do to get this right. And because I am a glass-is-half-full kind of guy for the most part, I believe that we can. I mean, look at everything we managed to accomplish. We have created a nationwide infrastructure that actually works, and the results of the midterm prove it. I mean, think back on where you were personally in the days and months after the election, and then think about how much more empowered you most likely feel right now. And I want to think we're just getting warmed up. We will be covering all of this in the new year. And I've got some interesting programming developments in the works. So stay tuned for that. I will say that my holiday wish is that you know just how much you and your work and your voice matter. There's a quote that I keep on my desk here. And it has kept me going over the last two years when I have sometimes fallen victim to doubt. It is from Howard Zinn, who wrote The People's History of the United States. And I will share it now with you. Human history is a history not only of cruelty, but of compassion, sacrifice, courage, kindness. If we see only the worst, it destroys our capacity to do something. If we remember those times and places, and there are so many, where people have behaved magnificently, this gives us the energy to act, and at least the possibility of sending this spinning top of a world in a different direction. And if we do act in however small a way, we don't have to wait for some grand utopian future. The future is an infinite succession of presents, and to live now as we think human beings should live in defiance of all that is bad around us is itself a marvelous victory. So I hope that you and yours have the most wonderful holiday. Thank you as always for listening, and we'll talk to you in the new year.